You know, I think every uh, fall uh, here in Wisconsin, we have to be reminded that we are Wisconsinites, right? Today, some of you, I can tell by the look on your face, you're like, oh, it's a little chillier than I wish it was. You know, I wish I had brought that warmer jacket. And uh, the reality is, is if this was in April, y'all would be in shorts and we would be, you know, like spending the whole day out. Like, it's just, we, we kind of, we, we go in, we have to be reminded that we are Wisconsinites, okay? So we do tough things. We go out in uh, all sorts of crazy weather. So this is nothing for us. And um, again, just so grateful that we can be here and to uh, celebrate. And it's really interesting, you know, as you're, um, uh, I was kind of uh, reflecting back, you know, on the, um, on the years and, um, uh, I think I shared last week, you know, as, it, as the uh, kind of launch anniversary is uh, getting closer, uh, my social media feed uh, tends to uh, kind of bring up, you know, all those memories and different things that, you know, have happened over the years and, and, um, and looking back and, you know, we, you just, you, when you set off on an adventure like that, you never know where it's going to go or what it's going to look like. Uh, but we um, knew from the beginning that God had called not just us, but a group of people uh, to be a part of what was happening here. And, um, and we knew uh, that if we remained uh, faithful uh, to the Lord, and if we remained founded on his word, um, that he was going to uh, do things through that. And so as we turn our attention to God's word this morning, I am just so uh, relieved and thankful that we have this book, this, uh, his word, uh, to root ourselves in and to be founded upon and to um, look to for the source of wisdom and for the source of life and for the source of direction. And so uh, just like we have done every week since we began as a church, we are going to turn to God's word and we are going to hear from him now uh, this morning. And so uh, if you have a copy of scripture or if you want to pull it up on your phone or um, get to it, I'd love for you to follow along. We are continuing in James this morning. And uh, we come to what I think is a very needed passage in our day today. And it speaks all about the word of God, how we are responding to and receiving and, 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 and living out the words that have been given to us here. And uh, James turns his attention to uh, this topic. And so we are going to hear from the Lord and uh, be challenged in the way that we are responding to God's word. Let's get into it. Uh, in James chapter 1, beginning in verse 19, it says this, Know this, my brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. This is all about the word of God and how we are responding to and, 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 and living out the, the word. And there's some instructions that James has for us here. Uh, oftentimes, this um, little word that he used there, my beloved brothers, is a word of transition. It's a new topic. And so James is turning his attention to the word of God. And there's a few encouragements that he has for us this morning. I'm going to keep it simple, and we're just going to walk through this passage together. But the first thing that we see, the first call is to receive the word, to receive the word. And that has much to say about the attitude with which we approach God's word. And I think we can acknowledge that there are some general challenges that we face as we open up this book, as we uh, put ourselves into the word of God. And there's kind of three roadblocks that James addresses here. And, and he kind of does it in this format of a quick, slow, slow. Quick, slow, slow. 
And he says, be quick to hear. And so the first roadblock that he shows is an unwillingness to listen. He says, be careful about that. God has given you wise counsel. This is from him himself. This is from God himself. This is confirmed by the Holy Spirit. And so we need to position ourselves and be in a place that we are willing to hear and to respond to God's word. And so the first roadblock that we face is that unwillingness to listen. But then he says, be not quick to hear, but slow to speak. The second roadblock that we see is, is our talkativeness or talking too much. And this goes along with the first sometimes when we're uh, talking, it's hard to listen. And there's a time when we uh, stop talking. And can we just acknowledge how much is this needed right now? Uh, nowhere in, in my life have I seen a time when everyone has something to say, right? There's got to be a tweet that's given or a uh, response that is a comment that is said or uh, a post that is made or, or something. We are so quick to speak. And what James is encouraging us here is if we're going to receive the word of God, then we need to be slow to speak. It gets in the way. Man, I, um, this has been, this, this, this part sometimes, uh, these three things, this quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, I'm sure all of us can relate to this. But there's wisdom in that. Uh, maybe you know uh, someone who, who does this well, but if you've ever seen that, that, that person, maybe in class, that's just kind of quiet, you assume uh, sometimes that, that there's like some wisdom behind that quietness. Uh, that's what we see in Proverbs. It says, Proverbs 17, uh, 28, even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. How many of us prove that wrong when we open our mouths and are quick to say things that are unhelpful or, or uh, maybe unnecessary? And what James is doing is he's challenging them. He says, hey, if you're going to receive the word, you got to be careful that you are slow to speak. And then the second slow, slow to anger. The third roadblock to receiving the word of God is a quick temper. It says here that anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. You know, there is righteous anger. There is anger that is warranted and just. But, but what he's talking about here is, is a human anger, which oftentimes does not lead to things that are godly. It puts us in a place and leads to the behavior that displeases God. What flows from our anger is generally destructive in our lives. If you can think back to times when you were angry, the outcome of those rarely is, I'm really glad that I got angry there. That was super fruitful, super thankful that I did that, right? If you're maybe thankful, ask your children or ask your spouse or ask your coworker, like, hey, when I was angry back there, was that really helpful? Are you glad I did that, right? Like, I think we can all just kind of generally acknowledge that, that in our anger, it's not happening. What he's saying is saying, hey, be careful, be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Why? Well, this is part of putting off the filthiness, the rampant wickedness, the things that would impede our willingness, our ability to hear from the Lord. And he says, receive with meekness the implanted word. And so here's the thing. We need to approach this book as a willingness and a, and a, and a, a desire to, to hear and to receive. So I just wonder this morning, did you come to this place? Do we enter into this building on a weekly basis with a, a desire to hear from the Lord? God, teach me something. Tell me something today that I need to hear. And not just when we gather together corporately, but as you go to your small groups and, and you are opening God's word, are you, are you ready to hear from him? As you open up your copy of scripture throughout the week and you spend time with him, are you anticipating and excited, ready to hear, God, what are you gonna say to me today? 
This is the attitude that James is calling us. He's calling the church to. Part of it is, again, dealing with our talkativeness, our inability or an unwillingness to listen, and then our, our quickness to respond with anger. This word here that he uses in taking off or putting off this wickedness and, and uh, filthiness is, is kind of like taking off old clothes, right? There's probably, we all have maybe that thing in our closet that has no business being there. We should have thrown it out a long time ago. Like the thing that like even St. Vinny's won't take, you know, like that, that, that's the kind of thing that he's saying. He's like, put that off. Like you have no business wearing that. There's no, no place in it. Yeah, Hebrews 12.1 says, let us lay aside every weight or sin which so clings, clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Here's the reality. If we're gonna receive from God what he has for us on any given day, especially today, evil must be stripped away to receive the word. Some of us, we approach God's word skipping this step and we wonder why we can't hear from God. And he's challenging us. He's convicting us. He's saying, listen, you need to set that aside. That's keeping you from hearing from me. And so receive with meekness, with humility, the implanted word, and it is able to save your souls. How does it do that? Well, it leads us to the path of godliness and life. It teaches us the gospel. It teaches us the glories and the goodness of, of God himself. And so that is what makes it able to save our souls as it points to our Savior. And so we begin with this attitude of receiving, receiving from the Lord through his word. At any point, there we go. The, guy, the band's gonna get back up here and they're not gonna have all of their music. So that last song is a, a hit or miss there. So, But if something might blow away, we're just ready for it. It's gonna happen. That wind is picking up. But here's the reality is that we begin with this attitude, this willingness to receive it. But then when we receive it, here's where I really wanna make sure that we understand this this morning, is we then respond to the word. James 1.22 says this, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and he goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty and perseveres being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If there was one verse that is kind of the central, pivotal, kind of hinge verse of the book of James, it is James 1.22. Be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. You know, as I was thinking about this day and the fifth anniversary of the launch of our church, it was one of the questions came, do we go somewhere else or do we stay in James? And then I think the Lord just kind of pressed into my heart and, and, and really con challenged me that, man, if we get one thing right as a church, if we can get this down, if we can not just gather and hear God's word, but we can go from this place and we can do God's word, that is how we are going to be the city on a hill that God has called us to be. It is when we live out these principles and these truths and the, the realities that God has taught us. See, receiving the word is where we start, but responding to word is where it must go. It's not just hearing, but it is doing. And James makes, it doesn't mince words here, right? He says, if you are hearers only, that is self-deceit. You are lying to yourself. You are tricking yourself. You think that this is valuable to come and to gather and to just hear. If you don't respond, then it's, what, what good is it? What good is it? And he uses this example here, right? Of the man who looks in a mirror and forgets what he, uh, what he looks like. 
And the word there for looking is an intense looking. It is to study and to um, engage with and to uh, sort of uh, uh, look with, um, with purpose. And he's saying if, if a man looks in his mirror and sees his natural face in the mirror, it'd be like, you know, if I, if I was working in the garage and had, you know, grease on my hands and sort of rubbed my face, came in, looked in the mirror, and I was like, ah, that's, I should wipe that off. I should get that off. And I kind of walk away and, and forget that it's there, right? Or, or wake up and, and realize just how much my hair needs some help. And so I, you know, forget to tend to it and sort of go away. And, and um, you know, it, it, it's, it's this idea that we see ourselves, but then fail to respond to what we're seeing. That is what he's calling us to. And he says, it's just like that. How many times do we open up God's word? God shows us something. We see something. We, we, we see the reflection back. God's saying, hey, I want to I work with this. I want to I help you in this. I want to I address this with you. And we're like, that's great. But we walk away and we remain unchanged. That is what he's saying is when we do this, we're deceiving ourselves. And so we need to not just hear and receive the word, but we need to respond to the word. This is application Right? The man who handles the word of Scripture and responds to it is blessed in his responding. Notice in verse 25, it says, the one who looks into the perfect law, so it begins by this looking into it. That word there, look, is the same word that, that is used in the Gospels when the disciples uh, came to the tomb of Jesus and they, they stooped down and they, they looked inside to see if they could see the body. They were, they were looking with intent and they're, they're studying it and, and looking into it. It says, the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and then perseveres, continues on with it, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts will be blessed in his doing. It's this progression of seeing, continuing, doing, and then this blessing that follows that. And the reality is, is that so many of us, we like to swing the pendulum. If you grew up in kind of a, a grace, uh, maybe upbringing, and there's something that's refreshing about the law and kind of knowing some things to do and like, okay, I grew up way too, way too root, loose, way too sort of free. I, I, I need some, some structure and boundaries around us. Others have maybe grew up in, in a more legalistic or sort of, you know, law kind of house and we're like, I just, it's grace. And so we're really good at swinging the pendulum back and forth. And, and as we approach these passages and, and, and the, over the years, many faithful uh, leaders in the church have, have wrestled with what to do with this because it seems like, man, the, the law is being elevated here. I thought we were about grace. And the reality is that scripture teaches that both law and grace are necessary. The law is good for us. It's not by how we're saved. It's not what brings us righteousness and, and kind of that standing before God, but it is how we are led into the blessings that God has called us to. Romans 2, 3, uh, 2.13 says, For it is not the hearers of the law but who are righteous before God, but the doers of the law that will be justified. Luke 11.28 says, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of the Lord and keep it. Acts 2.37, When they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Now, brothers, what shall we do? Ephesians 2.8, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and it is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. So you have this, this balance of grace and faith. In God's grace, we are led to live out and to follow this calling in the law. And here's the reality, church, is there is grace in the doing. God in his goodness and graciousness to us has given us some things to do. 
And there's both the gracious initiative of God and the graceful respo- grateful response of humans that are necessary aspects of the gospel. And this is something that we need to do. So the question, I guess, that we really tend to get practical, is it? Is, is you look back on the couple weeks and, and, and see, okay, there was something that was said and something that maybe I was convicted of. How have you responded then to that? Right, like when God's word speaks into something and teaches on something, how are we then responding to it? We're gonna have some great opportunities as we walk through this book together to actually live out, actually respond to what God has called us to in his word are we living out the truth that is said? We say this all the time, but, but we're not hurting for a lack of information. We're hurting for a lack of application. If we were to apply and do all the things that we know God has called us to, our lives would look drastically different. That is one of the reasons that here we have shaped our small groups around the application of God's word. We want to study God's word, certainly, but we don't want to just walk around as spiritual fatheads kind of getting more information, right? Like sitting on the couch and like, oh, let me take that too, and I want that too. Like we want to get up and we want to get active and we want to use the things that God has called us to, right? The Grace Commission says, go make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to what? To observe all that I have commanded you. We don't just learn, we observe it and we live it out and we follow it. Listen, in the last five years, that is what made, has made our church what it is. It is you and the rest of the church body faithfully living out, responding to the word of God. Church, would we never lose this? I think we have this. I think we need to be careful that we don't lose this. And maybe for us today, it's just a good kind of reminder, a little alignment check, right? Like where, where is it kind of steering a little bit off? Do we need to kind of realign here? Is it pulling left or pulling right? What do we need? To, are, we, are we steering toward grace? Are we steering toward law? What are we doing? But maybe for us today, is it like, am I responding? Am I listening to what God has said? And then he ends this with three examples of a biblical response, a godly response. So it is receiving, it's responding. And then James is like, this is what it looks like. Verse 26, if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, he deceives his heart. This person's religious is, religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father, is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. And so here we have three examples of response. James uses this word religion. And some of us, when we hear that word, we sort of like, you know, kind of do one of these, you know, it's like, oh, religion, right? I think we've steered away from that word. We don't like to use that word. Or maybe you've said it or you've heard it. Like, I'm not about a religion. I'm about a relationship. Well, James here using this word, the way that he's using it is just, it's a, it's a faithful response to the person and in, in honor and worship to God. So he's saying a right response, this religion a right response in worship and honor to God looks like this. If one doesn't bridle his tongue, he's deceiving his heart. That religion, that response, that honoring and worship of God is worthless. Uh, worship and honor of God, religion that is pure and undefiled is this. It, it visits those that are in affliction like the orphans and the widows in their pain. And it's one who keeps himself, keeps herself unstained from the world. These are just three areas. Let's be careful that we don't take James further than what he's saying. He's certainly, there's more to our faith than this, but it's not less than this. 
right? There's much more that we can add to this. And in all three of these things, he just sort of introduces here, we're going to encounter these as we walk through the book of James over the, the next couple months. He's going to deal with these in more intent, but, but let's just kind of look at these three and, and just kind of see it, it, just briefly what is James saying in it? Because there's kind of three areas that he says. He says the first, he's talking about controlled speech. So a right response to the word of God is controlled speech. We are not to be followers of Jesus with an uncontrolled tongue. That is, that we need to be careful when it comes to cutting criticism, uncleanliness, dishonesty, slander, gossip. A slander is anything that would, that's unkind, that's untrue, that's unhelpful, that, that fails to build up. He's calling that out and he's saying, listen, that is not who we are. If we have been changed by Christ, if we have been moved to a relationship with him, then our tongue should reflect that if we don't, then it, what it's saying is that this religion, this thing that we're practicing, it's kind of this external joke. Like what you say really matters. What we say and the way that we say it, it, it matters. And so we see this controlled tongue. The second thing that we see, the, this response is a caring heart. And two examples here are given. The two examples are this, to visit orphans and widows. Two places, two people that desperately need our care and concern. And why, why these? Why did James point to these? Well, I, I believe it's this, is that that is what some of society's most vulnerable people, especially back then. If you were a widow, you did not have many rights or privileges. A lot of it was lost when your husband died. And if you were an orphan, similar situation, unless you were taken into somebody's home, you did not have much hope or future for you. And what James is saying is the one who is being changed and impacted by the word of God is the one who cares for the, the orphans and the widows. So again, it's not, it's, it's not just that, but it's not less than that. This is throughout scripture near the heart of God. In Exodus, God said, you shall not mistreat any widow or any fatherless child. In Deuteronomy, the fatherless and the widow are, who are within your small town shall come and eat and be filled that the Lord your God may bless you in the work of the hands that you do. In Isaiah, it says, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the father, fatherless, plead the widow's cause. You can see the concern of God's heart for those who are without a father, those who, are, who have lost a spouse. And so here we have those who are helpless, those that face significant challenges to help themselves, widows and orphans. You know, to that end, we, uh, we've talked about this and you're going to continue to hear more about this. I just want to continue to put this before our church, but we have felt um, compelled to join with the organization Safe Families to step into this space and to care specifically for families that are in need. And our goal is to even, um, it's kind of upstream of the foster care system. Uh, to help prevent kids from, from, from becoming fatherless or motherless, to, to for prevent them from being in the system and kind of away from their family. We want to help families through difficult times. That's what Safe Families is all about. And it's founded, and one of the main things is it's all about this radical hospitality. And listen, church, I believe this, that God has called us to step into this space. The church has to do something about in the space of foster care and in adoption. And this is just a small step that we want to take toward that. Maybe you've heard this stat, but, but I've um, uh, been doing some, some looking, and, and there's nearly half a million children in the foster care system today. 
Of those, as of 2020, 117,000 were waiting for placement for permanent homes. Do you know how many churches there are in our country? There's more than that. There's more than that. If even one family in each of the churches of this country were to do it, that, that's a problem that we can deal with. I don't know about you, but I get excited when it's like, we can do something about that, y'all. Like, we can, we can get after that. We can, we can actually impact some change here. And so I'd love for us to grow in our heart for the vulnerable, for the fatherless, for those who are in need of adoption, those who are in the foster care system. I want to come along families that feel compelled to adopt and how can we help and support and, and, and help pay for that, right? It's expensive, it's difficult, it's a long road. It's, 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 and so we want to get into that space and we want to help in that. So again, it's not just this, but it's not less than this. We could add to this list immigrants, those in other countries that are impoverished and with little opportunity to, uh, to change their situation, the handicapped, the homeless. There's, there's many more. This is a heartbeat of our Savior was for those who are vulnerable and hurting and helpless. And here's the reality, church. If we as Christ followers are not ministering to these that are in need of help, then our witness is being compromised. If we want to be a city on a hill, if we step into these spaces, if we care for people like this, then that is when the world will take notice. And they have. That is where the church has been. The church <laughs> led the way in early adoptions. There were children that were unwanted and left to die and the church was going out and they were finding these children. They were taking them in and they were bringing them into their homes. Listen, we need to do this. It says, religion that is pure and undefiled before God is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction. And third, to keep oneself unstained from the world. From the world. <laughs> I'm calling this an uncompromised testimony. Literally, the picture is spotless, right? So the picture is being in the world, but not of it. There are so much darkness around us, so much that would uh, come against our uh, desire and, 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 and our, our, our testimony with the Lord. And we should look different, right? Like hopefully when you walk into your place of work, when you uh, gather with, with those outside of the church, they look at you and they're like, there's something different about that person. That's a really, really good thing. If someone tells you they're different, you can tell them thank you. And then tell them why. Why are we different? We should look different. My kids um, love to do the, with their school. There's one of those color runs. Have you seen those? Where you're like, you run through it and you end like totally colored, covered in color, right? The picture is that you are walking through or kind of running the race and you get to the other side and it's a super lame color run, but it's really great if you're living out your, your, your walk with Christ. You get to the side and you still have that white t-shirt. You're like, how did that happen? Right, like were you running the same race I was? Only by the power of Christ, right? Only through the help and faithfulness of our Savior can we do that, can we live in that way. What James is saying is, listen, a religion that apart from a changed heart does no good for you. If God has not changed your heart, then don't you dare try and go out and live these things. This is a response to the way that God has changed us. Genuine religion, genuine honor and worship of the Lord is a life-changing force. Pure and true religion springs from an inner spiritual reality that expresses itself in love to others and a holiness before 
God. Church, if there's one thing that we can get right in the next five, 10, whatever years ahead in the life of our church, it's this, that we would take to heart to live out our faith before a watching world. I think James, the brother of Jesus, right? He had the words of Jesus echoing in his mind when he penned these words. He probably remembers Jesus saying this in Matthew chapter seven. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. When the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Listen, church, we have a foundation that we are standing upon and that is the word of God. Let's be the people of God that put ourselves under the authority of Scripture, under the authority of words of God, not just hearing to comprehend, right? Not just hearing to, to grow in our understanding, but, but to hear and to respond and then to go and to do and to live this out unchanged. This is what God has called us to here in this neighborhood, in this city, in this county and beyond. God has called us to live out the truth of who he is. Let's be faithful to respond to his word. Well, as I invite the team back up, we're gonna respond with one more song as we conclude our service and time together. I don't know about you, but I'm super relieved that it did not open up on us. I know that wind is threatening, but God has been so good and faithful to us. If nothing else, it's a test and opportunity for our faith. Just a chance to gather in this way, trusting, hoping, believing, right, that we're going to be able to worship and respond in this way. I got to tell you, I can't be more excited to uh, be a pastor here at this church, to be in relationship and in community with you. And I don't often get to say it, but I truly love you. I love this church. I love this church body. I love what God is doing here. And I cannot wait to see what God does in and through us as we continue to place ourselves under this word of God. Let's do it together. Let's walk through this together. Let's pray as we get ready to respond in song. God, we thank you for your holy word, God, for your scripture, which brings life, which brings truth, God, which leads us in the path that we should walk. God, we wanna be faithful to respond to you and all that you have said. And so God, we know that there are times and places where our life does not often line up, God, and those are the areas that you are leaning into, that you are changing, that you are convicting, God, that you are calling us out of. God, would we be quick to hear from you, God, slow to speak, slow to anger when we see and, and recognize the way that you are pressing into our areas for growth. God, we desire in this next season Lord, as many days and years as you give us on this earth, that we would, Lord, that we would be faithful to follow after you. God, we ask that you would lead us and that we would be your people, that we would follow you, God, wherever you take us, whatever challenges come against us. God, whatever the future may hold, Lord, we know that you are good, 
God, that you are present, that you are leading. And Lord, we want to respond to you. And so help us to that end. God, would you do the work that only you can do? God, continue to transform us as a people. God, continue to lead us as a church. We pray and respond to you, God, this song of God of application, God of response. We sing this now to you. This is the song of our heart, God. We pray this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.